Bird. Williams, blockers in front, the cutback, and the touchdown. Steps away, now going to try to run, slips away from Hoyt, but there's Byron Young with the stop. Motion on third and one, Williams towards oh, the goal line, pushing through for the touchdown. Stafford slings it to Nakua, first down. Well, who else? Why not? Stafford, crossing, Skoranek, Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. Coming here, uh, Ashton, your co-host, with my awesome co-host here, Zach. Sorry, he's on the other side this time. And we have a special guest, as some of you guys may know him on X or Twitter. It is Soup. How are you doing, Soup? Uh, welcome to the podcast. Man, I'm great. Thank you guys for, for having me. I'm ready to talk some Rams football, man. Yeah, a lot to break down from uh, this 49ers game and uh, some interesting things to break down uh, coming up with this Bengals game. Uh, how are you doing, Zach? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing really well. I mean, I think this is probably the first time probably in many, many years that Rams fans don't feel kind of like depleted after a loss. They still They still feel like that there's still momentum, that there's good things on the horizon. And I think that's just a a positive thing for this fan this ram fan base yeah so uh we'll kind of hit the news first and then do a general recap and reaction to the 49ers game uh the big news is uh cam Akers. it appears his time with the la rams is coming to an end uh soup what's your opinion on cam Akers as a player a player on this team and like how this team has handled it uh, because it's kind of interesting. Uh, it it kind of deteriorated in middle of last season. And then during coming into training camp and some camp, we heard that it was a renewed relationship that they had repaired it. Uh, he got some carries in the first game. He looked a little rough, but he didn't look terrible in the first game. In my opinion, uh, what happened and why is he on the trade block now after two games and didn't even play last week? Wasn't even active. Yeah, it, so Cam Akers is such a bizarre situation. It's And, like, I love the idea of Cam Akers, and I love the flashes of what we've seen from him, right? Uh, that back end of his rookie season when he really started to find his flow, um, you know, the – the playoff game against Arizona, right, where he he went crazy. Um, the big catch from OBJ in the in the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl uh, season during that playoffs. Uh, even you know the last what six games of a very terrible 2022 season. That's the Cam Akers that I love. That's the Cam Akers that I fully believe he can be full time if given the opportunity. For some reason, just I guess his personality or the way that he feels like the offense should be moving is in direct conflict with what Sean McVay wants. And make no mistake about it, this is a Sean McVay Cam Akers issue. It's nobody else on that staff got beef with Cam. You, when you listen to feedback from the other players, and even when you hear Kyron's comments this week about Cam and how you know he really looks up to Cam, and they're they're like brothers, they're really close and they're really tight. Nobody. Even last year when we still had Jalen on the team and Cam was going through his stuff, Jalen was still very, you know, speaking very positively about Cam. So 
I believe Cam is a good teammate. I believe Cam is a good person, but for he's done something to draw the ire of, of Sean McVay. Um, one of the things that I've hated about the Sean McVay era is we know nothing ever. Like it is strictly, strictly in-house, uh, which is fine, right? You want to keep some of this messiness in-house. The problem is that we don't exactly know how to keep a lid on stuff. So the messiness spills out. I think the optics of how this situation played out especially right before game time, we're getting reports that he's a healthy scratch and he was just in the promotional material leading up to this match. Like he's in the promo video for the 49ers thing, like that the Rams launched on, on Twitter. Uh, I refuse to call it the other thing, but he's, he's in it. And to, to get it. And what was it? Maybe 15 minutes before kickoff is when they did it. I was like, this is bizarre. It's messy. I don't like the way that they played this out. I think, if I wish they would have moved off of him, not be like I said, once again, not because I don't like him, not because I don't think he's good. I think he's talented. And I think ultimately this is going to be one of those things that come back to haunt us all, all of like uh, Jonathan Myers, right? Like I really think Cam could turn into somebody, but I think if, if this is where it's at, it needs to be gone and we need him out of the building because this is a distraction for a very young team that has to be very focused. And as we just saw with this game, like we have to be hitting on all cylinders and pretty much play perfectly. We don't have time to be dealing with another running back controversy. And I, and I think you're spot on right there. I think it's the, I think it's, 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 it's preventing Sean McVay from doing what he does best. And when he has to deal with this kind of, you know, drama, whatever you want to call it between him and Cam and the team, you know, it's, it's just kind of insane. And, and what I kind of see it as is Cam has not been the greatest pass catch or pass catcher uh, running back. He's not been a good pass pro. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he's been a good running back. He's been able to make the big flashy plays here and there and being able to get his yards when he needs to. But when I watched him last week, I just could not he, he runs his one route, and if his route is blocked, he just continues to run and gets blocked. Like, I don't see him moving away and being able to be creative. Look at Christian McCaffrey in that muffed, uh, muffed snap mm -hmm. that hit George Kittle's leg. He caught the ball and knew what to do with it. I don't well, think Akers would have done that. Well, Zach, can I ask you a question? And, then, and I could be totally off base with this, but could it be that Cam – kind of he sees ghosts and i think if you go back and watch this footage all the way back from when he was at florida state right he was running behind a terrible ass offensive line like he's always had to kind of like invent um and even last year right was running behind a terrible offensive line and so i really think it sounds crazy i don't think he knows what to do when he's running behind a decent line that's actually getting pushed because he's already anticipating in his mind how it's going to go bad. So I think he's running to where he thinks the solutions will be because he's anticipating the the blocking to break down in a different area. And I, like I said, I just don't think he has a lot of experience with it. And there was, what was it, Todd Gurley's uh, second season in the league where he he had he went from being rookie of the year, right, to what the hell is happening. And sure. for some reason, even Todd was like, I don't know what I'm seeing out there. Like he just wasn't seeing the hole. So I think, is there a case that could be made that maybe Cam just, he just doesn't know what to do and his instinct tells him everything is going to fail. So don't trust your eyes. Well, I think, you know, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I just think McVeigh wants to run with the hot hand and Cam Akers is just not usually the hot hand. 
You know, it's been Daryl Henderson. It's been um, Kyron Williams. It's It's been all these players before him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he gets, when he was hot, he then gets injured. Mm-hmm. And so it, it pushes him back. And I think that's just how it is. He wants to be RB1. He thinks he deserves it. He thinks he put the mass on that was requested to, to be that RB1. He did what he was supposed to in OTAs. He did what he was supposed to in training camp. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to practice, Kyron Williams was the hot hand. He was making the bigger plays, getting the more yards. So why don't you use that? And I don't think Cam liked it. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. I, it, like I said, it sucks. It's a no win for us. I bought the man's jersey. So. What do you think, Ashton? Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you both. Uh, I do think his play has gone through some issues. But, like, ultimately, Zach, it, I don't think that's the primary problem here. Um his play would more impact the second contract. I don't think he's played bad enough to like get cut. So uh, the question is like, what has caused their relation to kind of like go downhill their personal relationship. And honestly, I think near the uh like early par of last year around week five or six, uh, this team has always been a team where if you're not performing, if you're not doing the things you need to do, they don't care if you're drafted in the first, second round or if you're an undrafted free agent. Uh, the guy behind you, if he's making the plays, is going to get that spot ahead of you. And that comes with being first string or second string. And uh, he got benched almost last year. And I think basically what happened was Cam demanded snaps when he wasn't necessarily earning them. At least I believe this is what happened. Uh, eventually they fixed that relationship and the Rams kind of gave in, especially with some injuries with some of our second and third stringers. He played relatively really good at the end of last season. And then I'm guessing during some like training camp and everything, he wasn't producing and the Rams were like, you're not getting the starting role. And he's starting to basically do the same thing he did last year, pal, basically. This is an assumption. I don't know. I don't have any insider information. That's just what I can glean. And I'm looking forward to finding out more in a year or two when this is less kind of inside knowledge, like uh, Soup was saying. Hey, Soup, your mirror um, mic is muted. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, man. <laughs> I was like, we'll see if it's ever going to be public knowledge because how many years removed from Gurley are we and we still don't know what happened we still don't know what happened I mean there's been little things here and there where they've kind of you know you can kind of read between the lines but there's nothing definitive that ever came out and said this is what happened this is the downfall of Todd Gurley Todd himself hasn't spoken on it well and are we ever going to hear the truth I mean you you saw um, Cam's tweet before the game just like he's as confused as everybody else He's not confused. He, he, there's no way that he's confused that of the reason why he was benched. He's not, so, I'm if they didn't call him and be like, "Hey, you know, we're just we're just gonna. I know you're healthy, but we're just not gonna play you." Well, did you see McVeigh's presser today? They asked him about his comments on Twitter, and, and McVeigh's like, "I don't understand where the confusion's at." So here's the thing, yeah. right? Somebody lying, and you know, once again, I love Sean McVeigh. Uh, he's given me some of the best years as a Rams fan of my life. Um, but man, if there's, if there's something that, that Sean McVay is just like, that goes with his whole legacy at the Rams, somebody lying, 
Always. Somebody always lying. And it's probably Sean. Uh, it could be both. I mean, it could be, no, I mean, it, it could be both. There, Wait, there's just, no way that Cam Akers is confused of why he's not playing that day. Like I'm just I'm just saying, it's always it's always between Sean and somebody, okay? Something is happening. I don't know why, and I get it right. You want to keep you 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 try to keep this image of keeping everything buttoned down and like keeping it in-house. I understand I understand it. But man, if it's already out here, like speak on it and clear the air. Yeah. I mean, Sean McVay's has done that. I mean, we we like Ashton said, like he can't obviously people like him or he still wouldn't be the head coach. Oh, yeah. There would be more rufflings going on inside there. Instead, it was Todd Gurley. You know, after the big contract, they decided to get rid of him. Same thing with Jared Goff, oh. you know, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, all these players that we keep that keep leaving usually got, on decent terms. They leave but, on decent terms. I think I just think and I mean, if you guys have been paying attention for the last six years and I'm not talking about you, Zach, you and Ashton specifically, I'm talking about any Rams fan. If anybody's been paying attention to Sean over the last few years, once you end up on his on his bad side, like. That is now you live there. There's there's not a there's not a way back. <laughs> like you gotta like, go. Has there been a single player to make it off of his kind of bad list? Not and you guys while they remained in LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, not that we know of. We don't know who all has been on his bad list. I mean mm-hmm. so and, and then it's... but we know the people that are on his good list because those are the people that keep getting chances in spite of performance. Van Jefferson, I'm looking at you. He got, hey, he got some big praise. Um, he got some big praise from Sean McVay. On, that's on fine. Record, I need big so. plays. I need well, big that's true. plays. Yeah. So, I, I um, mean, you can still be performing. And, like, Stafford has a history of, uh, let's say, funneling to certain players. Mm-hmm. And you can tell quickly who he likes. And who he doesn't like. And I feel like he's one of those people who doesn't forget when you have, like, really big drops. And, like, it takes some time to warm up to you. As well. I, I can't remember who said this on, on Twitter today, but I was in a conversation and they were talking about Van, right? And, and here's the thing. I like Van. Another guy I got his jersey. Um, I want him to do well. It's a contract year. I want him to earn his money. Uh, he, he's come up big for us in, in certain spots, but we just haven't, I think we can all agree. We haven't seen him really blossom into the player that we had hoped that he was going to be. Um, and he has missed some, some crucial moments for us. But the, the thing that was said on Twitter is that the problem with Van is the reason he doesn't fit the Rams system isn't because he isn't willing to do the things that the coaches ask him to It's because he is not a physical receiver. He is very much a finesse receiver. You won't see him really come back to the ball. How many times have we seen it, even in the Super Bowl season, right, where Stafford's chucking the ball to him, and he's fading back instead of coming up and fighting aggressively for the ball. I mean, part of the part of the interception, uh, you know, on, on Sunday when that Stafford throw to him was because he drifted back in his route instead of coming up, which, by the way, Tutu Atwell several times in the game had a similar route Similar route, breaking inside. I know I know, Vance is breaking out, but breaking inside, and instead of him taking the higher leverage angle on that route, he comes down inside to back towards the ball to help Stafford and secure that catch. Van is not that kind of guy. And he and may, he had at least he hasn't demonstrated it. So it's another that's another guy. Hey, I love him. I wish him well. Uh I want I want to see somebody else. I want to see well, somebody else. 
Yeah, we'll, he's we'll, been a we'll solid get... key player in let's transition like Zach was about to do to uh the 49ers game. Yay. Uh guys, I did not want to be right about us losing this game and we did play better than I thought. Uh just first off, Zach then soup. Give me your uh Reaction to the Rams falling to 49ers 30-23. to 23. Uh, Just general uh, reactions. Who do you think uh, kind of helped the team stay competitive? It was a seven-point game until like four, five minutes at, at the end of the game. So the Rams were in it the entire game. It just a lot of things combined for this loss. Uh, what's your reaction to it? Super, I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you guys you follow me on Twitter, so you saw what I said after the game, and I and that still stands. There's no moral victories in sports. There's there's not. There, there's just like you win and you lose, and it sucks to lose. And I hate losing to this team. I don't care that we won the important one. Don't I care because we got the the hardware? But that to me, as a fan, this is a this is a heated rivalry. It's some of the most sickening fans on the planet. I get so tired and exhausted from them chirping and they haven't done anything for almost three decades, but they, but guess what? They get the right to talk to us the way that they do. Not because they come and they have the most attendance in our stadium, but because they show up and they beat us. Doesn't matter what their team looks like. They beat us consistently. And I, that makes me sick. That aside, right? If you want to take something positive, I think if you're a person glass half full, right, this team is ahead of schedule. Stafford looks great. The offensive line for the second week in a row is working. Note boom, right, for all the slander that I was giving him on Twitter. I was giving him a lot of slander. I'm not going to shy away from that. He seems to have found a home at right guard. Now, injury is going to be a concern with him because he carries that significant injury history. Uh, He busted up his shoulder, and we saw the immediate impacts of him not being there. But when he's in the lineup, it's good. Stafford looks – I mean, God, he looks incredible. He looks incredible. He's absolutely dealing. Uh, Kyron Williams, I – is he going to be our primary back? Yes. Are we going to see – is he going to be an explosive runner? No. He's going to – he's a grinder, right? He's going to beat you up physically, bowling ball style. Uh, think C.J. Anderson, right, when we had him in 2018. He reminds me a lot of C.J. Anderson with much better hands. Um, his pass pro is, is very, very good. Uh, Tutu, you know, I'm sure I, – I won't speak for you guys, but I know I've slandered Tutu uh, just because – and it, it's not his fault he gets drafted where he's drafted, right? But when you – with that position comes certain expectations. I'm glad he's showing out now, though. I'm glad he's showing out now. I'm excited to see what could potentially happen when we get cut back in the rotation. I mean, Puka Nakua, man. Like, every analyst, everybody that's talking about the Rams has said everything that really needs to be said about Puka Nakua. But, like, I want to get this man some more flowers because he is playing phenomenal. And it nothing looks too big for him. You can tell he's got he's got the right mentality. Like they even they told him about the record uh, post game, the rookie you know receiving record and stuff. He's like, I don't care, man. I win when the team wins. Like I love that because for a young player drafted in the first round, you're out here making not just Rams history, right? You're making NFL history. Your name is in the books now, kid, right? At least for at least for the rest of this year. Maybe another rookie comes in next year and breaks that. We'll see, but. Like you, you made history. That's a big moment for him when nobody really, I guess, saw this kid coming. And 
a lot of early comparisons they had him at Robert Woods. I bro, I think this is he's Cup 2.0. He he's Cup 2.0, and I think he plays. I think he maybe even plays the game a little bit more physically than Cup. I think above the shoulders, obviously Cup has him. But the fact that he keeps coming back, and we heard about it in the camp, right, that he was permanently attached to Cup's hip. He keeps coming back. He keeps asking him. You see the videos from camp. You see the videos from the um, from the scrimmages and stuff like that where he's going back to the sidelines, asking him, how do I get these leverage on it? And he, I think he's really taking those notes. And you've seen that he's not really getting a, a grip of separation. But the way that he's able to physically manipulate his body on these defenders and impose his will and get the ball, and he's, and he's got great hands. He's got great hands. You know, we got the occasional rookie drops, but, man, he's given us everything that he wants. Uh, defensively, Byron Young is going to be a problem. Byron Young is going to be a problem. We saw him get loose. I thought Brock Purdy's life was over for about five seconds when I saw him come off the edge on the weak side and almost collide with Aaron Donald. They almost met in the middle. And if Aaron didn't pull back, Brock Purdy was going to get annihilated. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was going to be a heck of a flag, but like he was going to get absolutely destroyed on that play. Um, Michael Hoyt, it's a fun experiment. Get me a get me an edge rusher. Give me an edge rusher, man. We need we need some help. I think uh, you know the conductor. Uh, he's going to end up turning into something, but you can see he's he, Aaron needs help on the inside, man. Aaron needs help, and more than just an edge rusher. We talked about it at the top. We need. We need corner help, man. We need help in our secondary. Akello's doing well. Um, I even think like Kobe Durant is doing okay. I think he's got to find his his footing again in the star position because it is really kind of new to him. So I think it'll still take him a couple more games to really get back into form. But we've seen what he can flash. Uh, to me, I'm I'm a little done on DK right now, man. I got burnt on him last season. Uh, Early impressions of him this year are not putting a good taste in my mouth. I want to see Trey. Yes, I get it. He's undersized. But he got all the accolades in college playing against these same guys, right? So can we can we see him? <laughs> Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones, I mean, what an incredible – I mean, he was good before, but what a season with Bobby Wagner will do. If we could get him somebody to, that would compliment him, oh, yeah, man, that – I don't know. Like I said, the defense is the defense is good. It's young and cheap. Uh, I think it's modeled just like Kansas City, right? Where the money is very, very clearly on the offensive side of the ball. That's where the focus is going to be. Defense, young, cheap, and fast. That's what we're doing. Uh, like I said, I feel good. This is the first time in a long time that I played the 49ers and we've lost. And my week has not been just absolute despair. And I came out of it feeling okay. It still sucks because I hate that team, but yeah, man, you feel good about this one as much as you can when you lose. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, there is no moral victories. But at the same time, you know, you're going up against supposedly the second best team in the in the league right now. Mm-hmm. If you if you believe all the power rankings and things like that. And we came up seven points short. And in reality, if there was a few of the mistakes that the Rams made themselves, they took those back. You know, it was going to be a closer game and maybe it would have been a more of a field goal one way or the other. Um because they did cap capitalize on the two interceptions they had that we had with two mm-hmm. field goals. Um, so our Rams, I think our Rams defense played extremely well against this offense, especially with Christian McCaffrey. Um, he had what 119 yards, yeah. uh, which, which sounds like a lot, but really it was that one explosive play of the 51 mm-hmm. yards 
that really brought him to that caliber. The Rams really contained him pretty well the majority of the game outside of that one play. Um, so really the defense, I think, is doing an admirable job for what they have. Just like you said, DK, I'm I'm getting disappointed in him. I think they're targeting him more, which we, mm-hmm. can, we can clearly see that. I and would too. He's, and he's just, he's causing all the penalties and he's got to refine that. And, and I think, and that's the only thing that I would kind of push back is why Trey may also be the problem is because he's young. And I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, just like, just like DK is. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be getting those flags just as well. So I don't really know if we're going to, I want to see what Trey has in him, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if we're going to get a different outcome until Trey is more set in but if you don't give him time to play how's he going to get more set in so no disagreements from me there Zach. none (laughs) so ashton what about you what about you on the defense how are you feeling about them uh so for defense i thought like you guys said uh i really like the comparison to kansas city uh where they're not necessarily great at takeaways or like three and outs uh but they reduce points and uh they uh are able to slow down the opposing offense. And, you know, for most part, outside of some really bad situations that the offense put them in, uh, they did uh, pretty good. Uh, I think the whole Darian Kendrick conversation, I think people are judging him against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and that's that's such an unrealistic comparison to expect Darian Kendrick to be Jalen Ramsey in the second year. I, I think he plays the trail technique pretty good. He's he's had flashes of being great, uh, but he's starting to learn this number one uh, cornerbacks being outside, and uh, that's going to come with growing pains when it's such a young player. And I understand why people are getting frustrated. Uh, I'm a little confused why Raheem wasn't rotating safety help his direction as much as I think they should have been. No, I understand. It's the 49ers, and when you play the 49ers, you got to load the box, and uh, you know you got to wait until later in the game for you to have two safety sets. Uh, hopefully, when you're leading, and that's what we were kind of able to do in the championship game. Uh, but in this game, it, it's tough with these rookie and like second year cornerbacks. Uh, they got burnt sometimes, and we were pretty lucky. Uh, Purdy was terrible at throwing the deep ball uh now every play has a lot of story to it and i'm sure if uh trey plays better he's gonna get the start uh over darion i don't think he has in practice and there's a reason why we see darion out there um so it, it is what it is i still like her secondary i think if they gel and they learn and stick to their take techniques better I really think we could have a promising thing in the second half. Now you have to also take in context, like you guys were saying, our pass rush is atrocious. Let, let's be frank. Uh, I like Young. I think he kind of reminds me of a reverse of Leonard Floyd, where what I mean by that is Leonard Floyd, really great at sealing the edge, really great at stopping the run. And, a good pass rusher. I think Young reminds me of 
uh, him in the sense that he's really great at applying pressure and getting to the quarterback whenever he has a one-on-one matchup. But he's good at stopping the run and kind of setting the edge, but not great at it yet. So I I love the promise we see with him. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Supa. Hoyt, I, I like his story. Uh, I appreciate them taking a chance with him. I'm definitely for giving players like that snaps and, like, see what you got. It's better than the rotation of pass rushes we had last year that weren't doing anything at all. Like, give someone else a shot, see if you have anything. And I don't think he's a bad kind of, like, uh, role player. (laughs) Rotation, I think Hoyt could be really good. But as a primary second rusher, edge rusher, not it. Definitely, uh, I think of the Rams, which I think we all probably agree, they look like a playoff team right now. We may be wrong with that assessment, but I think we all agree with that. And if they are, they're going to be in the market for trades. I I definitely think Snead, if he feels like this team can win this season, he's going to get aggressive. I hope that we do something but not too aggressive. I am really looking forward to having a, a first round draft pick um, this year <laughs> for the first time in what feels like a decade. Um, but yeah, for the right player, I would be willing to sacrifice next year. I don't need to be shipping off two, three years worth of first round draft picks, but next year I, I would be willing to sacrifice. And I just, I look around the league and I think where might we have some opportunities to I don't know, discuss possibly landing this one of these edge rushers. Um, obviously the, you know, the, the, the golden goose is Brian Burns, right? Like that's, that's the, when you look at it, that's the thing that makes the most sense. He's young. Yes. He's going to demand a massive contract. Uh, but you know, eventually Aaron Donald's going to be off the books. He would essentially take over that space on the contract. Um, we know what we're getting in terms of him coming off the edge. And that's a good p- person for somebody like Byron Young to, to really learn and model his game off of. I, so getting the two of those guys together, that would be great. Uh, Carolina needs a receiver. They need a receiver that, that, can, that can run the routes the way that Van can. Now, Van's got to start catching with his hands so that way he can be more marketable. But Van Jefferson – could do well. I'm not saying he moves the needle like a DJ Moore in Carolina, but Van would be very attracted to them. They don't have a, a real dominant RB1. I think that's another thing, especially, you know, with um with uh with coach uh oh gosh, I just lost him. Right? No, 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 no. OC, our old OC. Uh Thomas Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Brown, I think him and remember when he took back over the he took over the running game at the end of last season. That's when we got Cam's best games. So obviously there's a connection there. There's a history there. Thomas Brown's also very familiar with with Van's game. I do think that there could be a scenario, and I'm I haven't heard anything. This is just me dreaming, okay? I think that there's a scenario that makes sense if we package Cam Van probably a second and another like a fourth to Carolina to get me a Brian Burns. Now, I don't think that moves the needle for Brian, uh, for Carolina, but I like him. I also look at, uh, like, you know, commanders, what y'all doing with Chase Young? Like, what's happening over there? I want to know what's going on with him. And then can we pick up just 
one of the edge rushers from from Baltimore. I feel like they got six of them. Like Ajabo, Odafe Owe, uh, somebody. Just hey, and they're also looking for a running back too. They're in the they're the ones reaching out to the Rams about Cam Akers. So it it may be something. But I'll like half well, you know, after these last couple of days, half the NFL is looking for running backs. So yeah, well, um, we're in a we're in a better spot than we were last season when they when this whole Cam Akers thing was. They can shut down anything out. to the Browns, though. They can shut all that stuff down. I didn't I didn't even realize it until I was watching like sports talk today. I forgot that Kareem Hunt is still a free agent. That man's about to walk right back into that stadium, get his old job back at twice the pay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I think another critical point, too, is last year, whenever Akers was potentially in trade block, all the teams thought he was going to get cut. <laughs> so they weren't giving us any offers that were – I think it was rumored some teams were offering seventh rounders and the Rams wanted a sixth and teams just weren't biting, which I thought at the time it was nuts no one bit on Cam Akers on a two-year contract or a year-and-a-half contract for a six that mm-hmm. to me is a little nuts uh but like you said uh he should maybe a fourth uh or a decent edge rusher equal to a fourth would be we're gonna, we're gonna get a seven because that's what kind of compensation we get for our players we're gonna get a seven <laughs> yeah I, but but mcveigh said he won't mcveigh said he won't get cut they're not gonna cut him well, I hope not because then we then we really look foolish. Then we absolutely look foolish. It's a long season. It's a long, long season. And regardless of how anybody feels, right, football is a business. And the business is winning. So God forbid anything happens to Kyren, right? Like we do everybody is aware that Cam Akers is still the most talented back on this roster. Regardless of what Kyren's doing well or doing better than Cam, like actual pound for pound skill set as a runner. Cam Akers is the most talented back that we have on our roster. So I don't want him to go down. I'm not wishing injuries on anybody. I had enough of that last season. But, yeah, if you can't trade him, at least hold him until the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I want to talk about the offense is, is kind of go back to Kyron Williams. He played 95% mm-hmm. of the snaps. That's just – that's unrealistic for him to keep that momentum up and keep him at, he you lost. know, they're going to have to figure something out. And they didn't. They didn't. Five percent were the other mix of the running backs. Like they need to figure something out, and they need to figure out fast because you know it's been great that he's had four touchdowns in the last two games. You know, and that that's fantastic, and I want him to continue to be that rushing touchdown leader. But they need to give him more help. He's been really good at the pass protection. He's been really good at catching the ball. I mean, he had what forty-eight yards, mm-hmm. and probably one of the reasons why he he got that interception is he's just tired. If you're playing 95% of the snaps, mm-hmm. you know, the only other person other than the offensive line playing that many is the quarterback. The receivers mm-hmm. aren't even playing 95% of yep. the snaps. So get that guy a break. Yeah. I need a solid two. I, I think it, this team is going to have to move to get a two. And acres going to be a part of that most likely. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, it, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, I, I like Kyron. I, like I said, I audibly groaned slash started cussing out my television when the ball came off of his hands because uh, you felt it. Like, you just felt like that that right there, that's that's the tipping point. 
Like, and it just so happens to go straight to 49ers. Oh, every time we play like, these guys, like, every like, time we play these guys, every time we play these guys, they can't a one handed behind him interception. They fumble the ball, it bounces right back to their own guy. Like, we get nothing every time. <laughs> they know. had three turnovers that all went. Back to 49ers. Bro, we are cursed against that franchise. I don't know what it is. We can't catch a break. Every other team in the league, they're getting that fumble or he's not getting that interception. Us, nah, everything bouncing the 49ers way. Like I I've never seen anything like it. It's it's boggles the mind. And even right, like so, if you go back and look at the stats afterwards, they gave that as a Debo fumble. Now whether it hit the line, that's probably the questionable spot if it actually mm-hmm. Hit the line, but oh, yeah. so it, let's kind of go back to the fact that yes, we lost this game because our team failed to execute in critical situations, especially mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Right? Mm-hmm. We lost the game. Now, I think the situations they were in were bad situations, not of their fault. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, you guys know we don't like to complain about the refs on this podcast. I think most of the time, if it comes down to one situation, your team put yourself in that situation to make it pivotal. And the refs most time can only mess up a few situations a game. This was atrocious, one-sided refing uh, by this Um, officiating crew. Just atrocious. I'm with you guys. I mean, it was was even. If you you go back and look, it was both six penalties, about 55 yards each. I mean – it, it shakes out that way. It definitely didn't feel that way on Sunday, but I'm, I'm like you. I don't, I don't want to put this on the rest because we had this with or without the rest. We had this. Uh, it, it, you know, we got in our own way. Um, the referee, the officiating, forget this game. The officiating through the first two weeks of football has been God awful. I watched, I watched Kansas city. right tackle line up on the hip of Patrick Mahomes for four, for four quarters. And get called for a false start once. I saw him doing the freaking stanky leg pre-snap for the entire game. And not a single whistle. And I used to play on the offensive line. Like, bro, you it's couldn't, really, you couldn't really have an bad. aggressive fart on the offensive line without getting a whistle. Well, it's really bad when you're listening to the commentators and they're also calling it out. And you're like, Does, I thought there was a Blaming head the wrap in the – like, like, why is no one talking to the lead the lead rep so, saying hey? Uh, the the big thing was apparently some of the line staff noticed tendencies with that tackle, whether it was a run or a pass, and that's why they never said anything. Okay, it doesn't matter. He should be getting they should be moving five yards every single play. They should be moving five yards. Patrick Mahomes should be living against his own end zone without how much False starts. I'm telling you, I, the guy was so deep. I thought they were running split backs. So it, it going back to the the ref argument. My my big thing is just like I just want a game called the same for both teams. Will never happen. If we'll you're going to call a touchy pass interference in the second quarter, then do that in the fourth quarter when there's the same, I mean, if not worse, contact. Like I just want consistency. If you're not I mean, going to call was, anything, then don't. I mean, there was the one play that was definitely egregious where Bosa and Higby got it. Like, Bosa was actually the one who should have got the penalty and not Higby. And 
that would have. I I can't remember if that was the one that where killed we didn't score drive. Two. We didn't even get a field goal because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, that was on them. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Again, we lost because we didn't execute in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, those situations weren't always because of us, but you still have to overcome that. Every team gets stupid calls against them. It's just bad situations. Ashton, to your point, man, it just hurts because we are a young team. This is a, I think it's the second or third youngest roster in the in the league right now. <laughs> and like I said, for a t- when you're playing an opponent of that caliber, right? As much as I hate the 49ers, yeah. respect to what they have, right? The out, Great team. they got. They have Hall of Famers everywhere on that roster, potential Hall of Famers everywhere on that roster, like all pros at every level. Like, this was a very good test. This is a very good test for our young team. When you're playing that kind of a team, you have to play pretty much perfect football. And we did that for three – we did that for two and a half quarters. We did that for two and – I would say two and a third quarter, like two and two – yeah, two and three quarters of a quarter. (laughs) Because it was like, what, the last four minutes or whatever? Two, so two and two-thirds. And that's when that interception came in for uh, for Kyrie. Like, but we played it as perfectly as you could. And even, like I said, even after that, we still had a chance. We still had a chance because of some miscommunications on where the route's supposed to go or just a bad decision because you're not an aggressive receiver and you're not coming up to help your quarterback. Like, that's what that was the nail so- in the coffin. But we were still in it. And you could not convince me that we were not going to drive the ball because we were moving the ball on this 49ers team. By the way, a team that showed up to Pittsburgh, who everybody's been talking about Pittsburgh in the offseason, about what Kenny Pickett was supposed to be looking like. They've got good running backs, right? They've they've got good running backs. They've got some weapons at receiver. That defense is dominant. And, guys, we, we did as well as a Pittsburgh Steelers defense with a bunch of nobodies in Aaron Donald. And a young offense who nobody really knows any names outside of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They know Puka Nakua now, but nobody was expecting us to put up this fight and, and to, you know, punch back. I mean, if, if you go back and look at these stats, it almost seems like we should have won. We 100% had, we should have. We had 28 first downs compared to their 21 first downs. Mm-hmm. We had their third down efficiency was two of nine. Ours was seven and 14. Um, total plays. We had 78 total plays to their 54. Um, we had 386 yards to their 356. Like you look at half of these things other than rushing. We were pretty much on top. Turnovers is the only thing that wasn't in our favor, man. And I think that caused us all the points. Uh, let's talk about that second interception and soup. You said you think it was because of Van Jefferson's approach to his route. Um, at least when I was watching it, I kind of took it away as Stafford wanted to kind of dip it in. And I believe it was the safety was able to jump high enough and he didn't get enough air in because there was space in the center of the field that the safety kind of pushed back. I don't know if Stafford didn't see him or not, or if it was because of Angel. That was, uh, that was the interception by Demidor Lenore, right? Yeah, Lenore. That's who got the, yeah. So Lenore, if you go, if you go back and watch it, I just like right before we started recording, I was watching the highlights again just because I wanted to refresh my memory, make sure I'm not talking out all the way out my behind here. But he actually breaks on that route because you can actually see there. God, I wish I wish we could put the video up here, but I saw a great breakdown of why that why that failed, and they talk about the three levels. Um, Mark Sanchez actually on the herd today, and I don't want to like give them extra props, but he was actually doing a great breakdown of it. He says, when you run this route tree, you have, 
you have the angle that the play is actually drawn up at, right? And that's that's in the center. You hardly ever get to run that. But then you have an angle that's more aggressive that bit back towards your quarterback, and then you have the angle that's kind of turned up. He said the problem when you turn that stuff up, if you have a smart corner that is playing as as in your hip, like you know Lenore was playing on him. When you vacate that space and you go up, you give him space to come down. And if you watch it, as soon as that ball releases and, you know, Van comes up, Demidor comes right inside of him and goes where Van should have been. And so I don't like, I don't think it was a miscommunication, man. I think it's just a fundal, fundamental misunderstanding of what needs to happen in these situations from Van. And like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to slander Van. It's just, buddy, this is your fourth year in the league. Your dad is a receivers coach in the NFL. I know you have. I know you're smart enough to know this. I I can't run routes like Van Jefferson. But I know you're smart enough to know this. Like he knows all the stuff that's being broken down and this stuff. Like he knows this stuff, and it's got to be killing him. Because when he goes back and watches the film, I promise you, he looks at that film and he's like, I should have, I should have came back. I should have came back, and I should have helped out my quarterback. I mean, you can see it on the bench on his face. It's mm-hmm. he he looks like it's it's not exactly coming together like he wanted to for this contract year, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's one of the things. Uh, he had a lot of that. rest days during the OTAs and stuff too. Like he he wasn't playing in the training camp as much as everybody else was. I don't think he's healthy, and I don't think he, I don't think he's been healthy since the Super Bowl run. And I like, I get he had to rehab and he came back, but I still, I, something is wrong with him. And Van has even go back and watch his Florida tape, man. Like, you want to talk about a smart guy above the neck, like that understands the game? Like, Van, he knows how to run these routes, he knows exactly what to do. And it's even simple mistakes. And I hate to revisit last week, but for like half a second, just go back the wide open catch that should have been a damn touchdown. The fundamental mistake with that. The dude is trying to catch it like it's coming over his shoulder instead of in front of him. Like it's just it's it's the difference between your hands being in a in a in a basket versus being in the diamond. Like receiver 101. And for some reason, I don't know what is happening. You watch him play and it you can see him processing the routes on the field. Like in real time, you can see him thinking through, okay, I got 10, break to the left. I'm here, come down, hands up. Like you can see it. It's all over his face. And I, for some reason, I don't know what it is. He's not playing free. He's really thinking. And I think it's, I'm not, I think you can see it. You can see the results on the field. It's it's resulting in a lot of bad football, which is unfortunate for us as, as a franchise. It's unfortunate for him in a contract year. But it's giving players like Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua their biggest spotlights ever. And, you know, kind of as we talked about, I, uh, Tutu Atwell, you know, that man has, he has, he's endured a lot from Rams fans. Mm-hmm. Um, he's endured a lot. I mean, we all were kind of crushing on him. We have to remember, we though, did like, you say know, on our podcast, we were one of the only podcasts that said, even if he ends up being the best wide receiver or the worst wide receiver, that doesn't mean people should attack him for his draft position. He can, he, it's not like he can say no. And you said mm-hmm. this, like, he's going to take phone call and be like, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm going to try to prove you right. 
and move on with everyone's life and hopefully it turns out for the right. And he was a future pick and I think that was the issue that me and Zach had at that point in time. We thought a different position at that high of a pick for the current mm-hmm. at that time was a better choice. And Tutu has proven people wrong that just thought he was a bust completely. Guys, I know we I know you guys got we got the whole agenda and I we gotta look forward to like the Bengals, but I just thought about this. Uh we were giving everybody their flowers, and the only person that we did not give flowers that absolutely deserves some a lot a, a lot of praise, uh Steve Avila. Oh, what yeah. what a specimen. The dude is a monster. I mean, yeah. just moving people out of the way violently, like None of this stuff that we're talking about, Stafford playing as well as he's playing, Tutu getting the opportunities, Puka going, like, that doesn't happen without this offensive line as a whole. But, like, what a – it's two games in, but what, a, what an upgrade Steve Avila is. I'm watching him catch – like, get the stunts passed off to him with, with going against Nick Bosa, right? And I, I don't like Nick Bosa. I mean, I'd like to see him as some horns, but uh, – like, that is not an easy dude to block. And the way that he is just sticking his face in everything, and he's not afraid. He's he's a dog. And he, and I love the way that he gets up for his teammates and the way that he, you know, you see him jumping around, getting excited for Kyron running it in, getting excited when, you know, Puka and Tutu are catching and stuff. Like, the dude is an absolute gift. And I, I pray that he stays healthy for the entirety of his career. I hope we get 10 to 12 years out of him in the horns. Yeah, Dude, passing he, he, off people and able to go off of a double block, double team, and actually pick up a free rusher. Like, what if everyone hasn't seen it? Baldy's breakdown of Avila, exactly, fantastic, fantastic, and it shows the quality of player we got in him. I mean, he just has that we not me mentality that Sean McVay has been beating into everybody, um, and it's just so fun to see it on the field and get to see the. You know, like you were talking about his reaction to Kyron Williams, like even the even the Rams media people saw it and got got his like reactions, like a timestamp of each of the reaction points. And he's just he's so much fun to watch. And I'm so glad that we picked him up. This is like, again, less seen as its finest as finding the diamonds in the rough. And, mm-hmm. you know, not he was our he was our first pick this year and he's he's phenomenal phenomenal and i'm so excited to look for i'm, I'm having, looking forward to being selected for the pro ball this year oh he, he definitely Please. needs he definitely needs to and i have an open competition here with me personally i'm trying to see what rookie is going to force me to buy their jersey first and obviously like i said the popular pick right now is puka but i'm telling you i might have to go get me a number 73 i might have to go grab me a steve avila before i grab anybody else any skill position players i, I might need about two or three of them things yeah yeah, and the Rams went through a rough patch of drafts that I think everyone thought like there was some potential, but didn't really make a lot of sense position wise, didn't make a lot of sense personnel selection wise. And yeah, they have changed their methodology, changed the way they're doing their run game. Stuff has changed. But this draft from top to bottom, I mean, it looks like there's gonna be more uh diamonds than even just cuts. And that's that's rare. It's Normally, r- from a draft, you just want one or two. Mm-hmm. Two is a good draft. 
But I think, Ashton, to, to that fact, I think the difference between this draft year and in previous years is the fact that these guys are getting opportunities because we have no one else. There is no, there is no veteran. There's not a, there's not a Jalen. There's not a Leonard Floyd. There's not a Bobby. Like you're it for us guys. We're picking you not only because, you know, because of your talent, we're picking you like, bro, there is a gap on the roster where it's you and somebody else in this draft class fighting it out for this. And somebody from last year's draft class. So I think the fact that these guys are getting playing time, real NFL snaps real early, like they're going to build together. We're, we're going to see a significant number of this class catch on and become, you know, uh, every household names and starters for this franchise just for the sheer, just out of necessity at this point, right? Like that's what's, that's what's going to happen. I think that's the biggest difference. Um, I do like the fact that it does seem that McVay and Snead have kind of re-envisioned what this Rams team is and what this build is going to look like. And, uh, after you know so many years of being touted as a finesse team that we are the pretty boys, right? With like L.A. the Rams, they're very Hollywood, right? They don't want to get dirty. This looks like a team. It's early, and this is the first iteration. It's not as physical as I would like, but these guys look like they want to they want to tussle a little bit, and they're not afraid to you know roll up the sleeves. And I like that because we haven't seen that in a long time. Yep, and uh, just going off that, their next competition. Let's talk about week three. Um, big Monday night football game coming against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, if you want to call it a rematch of, uh, you know, Super Bowl just a couple years ago. I got my uh, yes, sir. small game. Small game. Uh, just, just a simple, fun ball game that, mm-hmm. you know, the Rams just, you know, just had to win. Um, but no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be. Um, so I'm looking so forward to this game. Uh, I will be there in person. Uh, I'll be repping. I'll be yes. in the. Uh, I'll be in enemy territory. Um, my dad's a season ticket holder for the Bengals, and so I'm taking one of his seats. Uh, so it'll be me and him. So I'm super excited to be able to to go to this game. So so what do you guys think? What how? I mean, right now Joe Burrow doesn't seem like he he may not play. Um, he's he's going to play. He's going to play. I, I don't know. Uh, you, you see all these quarterbacks coming out. You see RG3 coming out saying, like, they better not play him. Like, calf He's... injury is not something you're going to want to mess with. And, you know, are you going to ruin that $275 you know, million dollar purchase you just made for a short-term win against the Rams? Or do you want to save it for a better competition when you have to go, again, compete in your division and in your conference? I think – Smart money says that you want to hold on to that franchise quarterback, the guy that you just paid all that money to, right? Because he's he's the future now. You've committed dollars to him, significant dollars to him. Um, and he's a hell of a player. Like, uh, I know everybody wants to argue Josh Allen as the number two quarterback in the league. It's For me, it's, it's Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think they I – don't, I don't – it's going to be very hard to convince him to sit – one, because I don't think he wants to sit. I, th- I think Burrow's got a lot of fight in him. And I think with, you know, Zach Taylor's familiarity with our team and our philosophy um, and a, a lot of unknowns, right? And let's just let's just call a spade a spade, right? Like they have, they have easily one of the best wide receiver courts in the league, right? That combination of, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and uh, uh, I'm missing somebody that's uh, Ty- is not, not Tyler Boyd. Boyd, yeah, it's Tyler Boyd, yeah, right? Like, I mean, especially against a young secondary who's undisciplined, 
undisciplined, giving up giving up plays and stuff over the middle, and uh, you know, and and Higgins and and Chase just their bills. They're tall and physical against our shorter DBs. Like this is a Cincinnati. Regardless of what anybody tell you internally, Cincinnati views this as a get right game for them. This is an opportunity to capitalize on a young, inexperienced team and and, and kind of right the ship. And they think they can do that with a relatively low lift and keeping Burrow clean. And I think Burrow is spending all week doing everything that he can right to rehab, to show him out on the practice field that he's good enough to go. He's talking to his offensive linemen and he's like, hey, all you guys got to do is block Aaron Donald. That's it. They don't have anybody else. And don't get me wrong, blocking Aaron Donald is a tall task. Joe Burrow knows that firsthand. However, if you go back and you look at the the 49ers game that we just played, Aaron Donald is having not three people, four people sliding to him and nobody else is winning their one-on-one matchups. And if that's going to be the case this Sunday, absolutely expect to see Joe Burrow take the field. Absolutely expect him to, to let it rip because these receivers don't need a lot of room and uh, they get down the field quickly and they're physical and hard to tackle. So even if they catch the ball, now we have to tackle them. That's a, we've demonstrated two weeks in a row that we are not great at tackling. Yes, we're getting better, but, we're not great. Joe Burrow plays. Barring something crazy happening at practice, he plays. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, this the the Bengals fans are not forgiving. They're not forgiving at all. They were booing the the offense mm-hmm. this past week oh, yeah. at home. Um, they're already tired of Zach Taylor. They're already ready for his head. Mm-hmm. On a, they're they're ready. Um, this this fan base is just gonna be it's gonna be weird to be in this in this environment and see, but I, I don't disagree with you. I think they do have a great duo, mm-hmm. but they haven't done anything and they're going to have to prove that they can do something with a injured burrow. And I don't know if an injured burrow is a good Is his burrow. arm busted though? Is his arm busted? I mean, he hasn't done any long passes. I mean, they haven't, they haven't done it. That line is not good. I mean, not n- they're not, they're they're not great. That's for that's for dang sure. Um, they're not. I mean, they great. scored twenty seven points in the who last is, two. Weeks. Who were their two? Who were their two opponents that they played? The so Browns and the Ravens. And the Browns and. Okay, so that's that's my point. Um, that's my. I got point. blown out by the Browns. It's and forget the forget the offense for both of those teams, right? Forget the let's just focus strictly on the defense for those teams. What do those two defenses have that we don't have? Significant presence on off the edge. Significant presence off the edge. We don't have that. Yes, we have Aaron Donald, but we don't have significant presence off the edge. Now, Baltimore doesn't have the same secondary that Cleveland does. Cleveland might have the best defense in the AFC. They might, like, top to bottom, they might have the best defense in the AFC. We are not that defense. I have no illusions that we're either of those defenses. Um, And that's not – I'm not saying that we're a terrible defense. The past two weeks have shown you we're not a terrible defense. But we lack discipline and we lack experience at every single level outside of Aaron Donald and really Ernest Jones, it's a dangerous combination that they can exploit that they couldn't exploit on these other two teams that they've placed. But what I would say is that our defense isn't. It will definitely be a shootout, Soup. But you have to remember, this is by far the best offense they've faced yet. Like, we're leaps and bounds better than (laughs) the Browns' offense. And I honestly think we're better than the Ravens' offense. Uh, Lamar has kind of looked sluggish. The play calling hasn't been uh, very well done, in my opinion, for the Ravens. And, um, you know, like, 
I think you have to look at the offensive defense as complementary, and that's why we have issues mm-hmm. coming back in games because this defense is not built to for comebacks. It's it's just not. So here's and the we thing. need the offense to score. So here's the thing. I the whole time we're talking about it, right? We're talking is Burrow going to play? I say for those reasons, Burrow plays. I don't think we lose. I make no mistake. I don't want anybody listening to this thing. I'm not for all the praise that I've given them and all the reasons that Burrow is going to play and the things that they can do to exploit our defense. I a hundred percent expect us to win this game. This is a very winnable game for us. Asha, for the reason that you said, because ultimately neither one of these defenses are prolific right now. They're, they're shells of their former selves, right? It's going to come down to one or two plays, but we do have the best offense that they faced so far this season. And I think this is a game that we really could see Tutu get loose. And I'm talking about I, we if we can hold up that line and give Matt time, uh, I think Tutu is, is going deep a couple of times. I think we're going to get some of those deep shots that he wanted to try in Seattle that he just couldn't quite connect. And I think even Puka, I think Puka's going to start running a little bit deeper uh, this week as well. He's still going to do all his Cooper Cup stuff and, you know, over the middle of the field, 10 to 20 yards, right? But I think – we're going to start seeing some 30-plus yards in the air. Uh, I think we're it's a real chance for it. This, we're going to get uh, touchdowns in the air. I'm week. calling oh. it now. Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, both of them get their first receiving touchdowns of the season. I, I already have Puka down as getting his first TD of the season. I, I hope to, Tutu does as well. Um, but I'm, I'm all for it. I put it down on Twitter like – nine hours ago like i'm i'm all for that he is going to get his touchdown this week mm-hmm. and it's just going to elevate his rookie career even even better so so zach um, you want to do your favorite thing in the world a prediction oh i i i hate predictions Story. i will say I, i'm i don't know I, I i hate it i can't do scores i'm gonna say the rams win um i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be cheering as loud as i can annoying the hell out of my dad next to me um but, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a winnable game. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I, ho- I do hope Joe Burrow is out there because I hate I don't want the playing excuses. a team when they're – Yeah, I don't want excuses. I want them playing at their best when we play at our best. Um, I think our defense can hold. Again, our defense over the last several years has been the bend-don't-break mentality. Mm-hmm. And as long as they don't do the explosive plays, as long as we can contain them to field goals, the Rams should have no problem winning this game. I think this is a game that our that our young defensive line and edge rushers can get a lot of confidence because if Burrow does play, he is limited in his in his mobility. He's not going to be able to climb that pocket or you know do those rollouts that he's accustomed to doing. He's not an overly mobile quarterback, but he, you know he has kept kept it's drives like alive. Yeah. He, he moves around in the pocket a lot, right? And I think if you limit that and you do have an Aaron Donald, that that offensive line is going to have a hard time containing it. And I expect to see – I expect AD to get one or two sacks this week. But – and if he doesn't, he's – Kobe Turner absolutely needs to get a sack. Byron Young absolutely needs to get some sacks this week. We should not come out of this game if Burrow starts for them. If Burrow starts and he finishes this game, we should not come out of this game with less than three sacks. And I, I'm not afraid to go ahead and give a prediction. I'll give a prediction. I say that we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game 33-27. That close. I, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a shootout, but I just think ultimately – what are we, first in red zone? First or second in red zone efficiency? Yeah, I, 
I think it's going to be the touchdown we get versus the touchdown they didn't. Brett Maher, this is not the time for you to revert back to your old days. I need you to be solid, son. Ashton, what about you? Uh, I will say thirty-seven to twenty-seven. Oh, I think I think the Rams' offense. Uh, I think it explodes. I think this offense is gonna have a lot of touchdowns. It's gonna surprise a lot of people. I think the it will be a close game for the first two quarters. And like most years, what McVay for some reason we're a second half team, and it is terrible for my blood pressure soup. But you know, uh, as long as we get that dub at the end, I, I think it's going to be a fun third and fourth quarter. Man, it's it's football season, and anytime I'm watching Rams football before the season starts, I got to call my life insurance guy. I got to make sure that the policy's good. Make sure stuff is enforced. Don't want to leave the wife and kids with nothing because I know any given Sunday I could be out of here. These Rams could be the death of me. Uh, it's going to happen one of these days. Sooner, sooner or later. So uh, the only thing I told my wife, I was like, I know you, I know you hate football season, but one day, one day you're going to be, you and the kids are going to be millionaires because of football season. Cause the Rams are going to, the Rams are going to end me. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's funny. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody's going to the, the is traveling to Cincinnati, uh, please hit me up. You can find me at my Twitter handle there. Um, yeah. It'd be really great to do a, do a meetup while we're there. I'll be there probably a couple hours early. I'm going to try to get in some Bengals tailgating and kind of, you know, rub this right here. Let's go. That's, but, uh, that's our boy Vince right there with the with the pen. With the pen getting is. strong too, boy. And my other know. side, I'm going to – I will have the Cooper Cup Apple yes. uh, pen uh, on there as well. 100%. Um, so those are going to be both on this hat. I'm gonna. I can't decide. I can't decide if I'm gonna wear this one because it does have a Bengals logo on it. But he's gonna have um, to make a Pukatron one soon. Oh gonna man. have to have the Pukatron. When you saw he he dropped a he dropped a Puka pin. Like I mean, you know, shout out our guy Vince, man, and uh, and the, his team over at Amazed Them Pins. I I I'm doing him a disservice right now because this hat doesn't have any of the pins on it. But the Super Bowl hat that I have, it's got it's got him. It's got our boy. Uh, Jay over at uh, was it um, prominent Kings pins? It's got his AD with the two helmets ripping off. It's got eight. I got the ring me AD on it. I got Cooper Cup and the uh, Eli Apple on the back. I got the triple crown and I got the championship ring on the side. So yeah, we and shout awesome. out to them boys. Them boys is doing it. Oh, everybody and and uh, I've been I've been putting out on Twitter that we're going to be doing content creator um, posts for them uh, here on the video uh, podcast for everybody. So. If anybody is an entrepreneur like Vince and like all these other guys, uh, please feel free to let us know and we'll we'll promote you guys here on the podcast because everyone's doing awesome work with their own creativeness. The Rams, officially, I think it's mostly the NFL creative team behind them. It's just it's just not working for me. Look here, um, we got some of the best fans in the world. I don't care what them what them loonies up in San Francisco that don't even live in the Bay say, right? Like the the LA loonies say, we got the best fans in the world. I'm having an absolute time of my life being a Rams fan. And I've been a Rams fan for over 20 years. The stuff that I see people putting together for our team, I'm like, I'm going to go broke, dog. Like, I'm going to go broke. They're going to have to foreclose on my house that I just bought because I I need all of this stuff. I'm buying pins. I got so many pins, bro. I got to box them. I, I haven't even had a chance to put them on all my hats yet. I don't need them. But I'm uh, it's fine. Uh, it's only going to be cheap when you buy that miniature sofa to live in. When you, 
leave yeah. your house. You you're right. I'm I'm stack I'm stacking it up. We still I think I think there's nothing nothing crazy. I think I dropped about like seven grand in Super Bowl merchandise. Oof. I yeah. just it's one of those things. I've only seen this is the only you know Super Bowl that I've seen as an adult. So I don't know if I'll ever see it as a lifetime. Zach, like you, I didn't grow up in a Rams household. I chose the Rams. Uh, my dad is a is a lifetime Vikings fan, uh, so he's never Ooh. seen one. He's he he doesn't know what that feels he's like. He's seen pain. He's yeah. seen pain his entire hey, life. Hey, the pain. Bengals have seen three and lost three. So oh, yeah, that's what I'm. I think that might be worse than not even going. I, have the Vikings been? I feel like the Vikings have been. Oh, they might have been. Yeah, I think they been twice. It doesn't matter. There's he don't he don't have what we have. Yeah. So yeah, hey, sorry for that, man. Yeah, and oh, we is, will is, also be going to the Colts game. Talking ooh. about going the game, me and Zach mean up. Uh, we'll probably do some stuff and probably try to get in tailgating action, and that should yes. be fun. I'm working on a. I'm trying to do a meetup for us uh, the Saturday before the game too. So um, hopefully, try yes. to get a good crowd to to come chat and hang out and talk Rams and uh, invade Indianapolis. So heck yeah, man. Um, all right. Well, I think you know we're we're going over an hour on this podcast. We could keep talking all day about about all of our uh, Rams picks and things like that. But I think we're going to call it a day. Uh, Soup, thanks so much for joining on. We really appreciate you coming on and you know unloading your knowledge on us. It's been really fun. Man, thank you guys for having me. I had a I had an absolute blast. It's a it's I think it's more fun being on this side of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is you, definitely uh Carthod or like it's good for the soul and good for my wife that we do this show, you know. You probably know the same feeling. Wife's like, I don't want to talk about football after like Yeah. I I think I don't know how you guys are in your in your house, but I I was my wife is good, don't get me wrong. I've been with my wife for 17 years, love her to death. Wouldn't know how to function without her. She is not a lover of football. She has zero interest in football. She doesn't understand why grown men spend their Sundays hitting each other and then yelling at the people that are hitting or not hitting each other. So I don't have one of them cool wives that's like, oh, let's go watch the Rams game, baby. So I need like this stuff. Like you said, it's cathartic for me. I need to talk to other grown adults, specifically Rams fans about Rams football. <laughs> well, for sure. We're, we're definitely going to have to have you on again. Um, is there anything you want to promote while you're on? Uh, man, look, if you guys want to interact with me, uh, a Twitter handle at ACDAGDB. It's AC the GDB. That's Adrian Campbell, the goddamn Batman, uh, on Twitter. Um, you guys can catch me on uh, our other podcast with my family, uh, The Touchdown with Doug Smith. We cover all 32 teams. It's not just strictly a Rams fan cast. So if you got friends and family that are fans of everybody else, we got to. Dolphins fan on there that's a that's a host. We got a Broncos fan on there as a host, a Commanders fan that's on there that's that's a host. And we just get on there and, and talk the whole league and do a lot, a lot of nonsense. So if you guys want to tune in and check that out, we'd uh, we'd appreciate it. Sweet. Sweet. Definitely check that out. Uh thank you to everybody who has listened to the podcast. Last week was our biggest podcast um ever. Uh we almost hit a thousand views, which is just crazy. Um, I don't even know if all of our other podcasts combined hit that number, but, um, we're just, just super awesome that you guys are taking the time to, to interact with us, listen to us, give us great feedback. We even had 49ers fans watch our video again. I don't know why they need to leave comments when they're 
listening because, to because they want to be Rams fans. They know when they sold that it's wrong for them to be 49ers fans. Uh, apparently, apparently they just love talking to Rams content creators because that's all they seem to do during uh, their free time. 30 years uh, of misery will do it to you. <laughs> you can follow all of our all of our X or Twitter, whatever you want to call them, tags down below. Uh, obviously our East coast Rams one is at East coast Rams. You can find us on YouTube. If you're not watching us already, youtube.com slash at East coast Rams, please subscribe to the podcast. It's a free thing that you can do to help support our channel. Um, and then we're available on any, uh, audio podcast of your choice, Apple podcast, Spotify, pocket cast, you name it. We're there. Uh, so yeah, keep, keep on subscribing, keep on listening. Um, we got a Monday night football game. I'm looking really forward to it looking forward to it um hopefully we don't have any injuries like the last two monday night games but um really really just hoping for a good solid clean game uh hoping for a rams victory and yeah we'll see you guys next week whose house rams Rams house. house